Welcome to Mental Health in Minnesota, produced by NAMI Minnesota, the National Alliance on Mental Illness, a nonprofit organization dedicated to improving the lives of children and adults with mental illnesses and their families. Visit NAMI Minnesota online at namimn.org. Hello, my name is Brian Jost, former NAMI Minnesota staff member. I live with bipolar disorder. This is part three of a series on CBT and DBT, Cognitive Behavior Therapy and Dialectical Behavior Therapy. Part one was a conversation with a mental health professional who specializes in DBT, Dr. Helen Valenstein Ma. Part two was a conversation with Keeley Heron, which was focused primarily on DBT, although Keeley did mention that she had also used CBT. And this episode, part three, is a conversation with Danny Evans and is focused on his experience using CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy, to experience recovery and help maintain his mental health. Danny Evans is a performer of a rap style of poetry he calls gift rap poetry, through which he talks about mental illness and addiction awareness. Danny talks in this episode about how cognitive behavioral therapy and exposure and response therapy, ERT, has helped him as a parent, as an employee, and with many other aspects of his life. Danny is a presenter in the NAMI In Our Own Voice program, through which he courageously shares his personal recovery story of living with mental illnesses. Danny is in recovery from bipolar disorder, obsessive-compulsive disorder, depression, and anxiety. Danny performs his gift rap poetry with the stage name of Dan Triple E. He performed at the 2018 and 2019 NAMI Walks event in Minneapolis, Minnesota. He was also invited to perform during some NAMI family-to-family classes while he attended to share his personal recovery story with the class members. You can listen to Danny's poetry on SoundCloud. Uh, just, just visit soundcloud.com and you can search Dan Triple E, the word triple and then the letter E. I want to talk a little bit about what CBT is, and uh, I also want to touch on exposure therapy because uh, Danny mentioned using exposure therapy as as a type of CBT, uh, and I personally wasn't very familiar with exposure therapy, and since I don't have an interview with a mental health professional focusing just on CBT, I want to read through a NAMI Minnesota fact sheet that's about CBT. And uh, NAMI Minnesota has a bunch of fact sheets. You can find them on the website, namimn.org. If you navigate to the education slash awareness menu tab, uh, then you can see the link to fact sheets. The CBT fact sheets in the third section, uh, the treatment section. There's a version for adults and a version for youth. I'm going to read this fact sheet on CBT. It's not very long, about seven paragraphs. Uh, And then also after this interview, I was looking at the fact sheet on obsessive compulsive disorder, OCD, uh, which Danny talks about. And in that fact sheet, it talks about uh, how there are two types of psychotherapies that are helpful for treating OCD, and it lists exposure and response therapy, ERT, as well as cognitive behavioral therapy, CBT. 
Uh, so on, uh, on that fact sheet, it's listing those as two separate things. And just a, a short paragraph on the ERT, exposure and response therapy from the fact sheet. It says, ERT exposes a person to the cause of their anxiety. For example, a person with a fear of germs may be asked by a doctor or therapist to put their hand on something considered dirty, such as a doorknob. Afterwards, they will refrain from washing their hands. The length of time between touching the doorknob and washing hands becomes longer and longer. Uh, that's just a, a paragraph on the fact sheet about OCD. Um, and then I'm going to read the CBT fact sheet, and then we'll move on to the conversation I had with Danny Evans. Cognitive behavioral therapy, CBT, is an empirically supported treatment that focuses on patterns of thinking that are maladaptive and the beliefs that underlie such thinking. For example, a person who is depressed may have the belief, I'm worthless, and a person with a phobia may have the belief, I am in danger. While the person in distress likely holds such beliefs with great conviction, with a therapist's help, the individual is encouraged to view such beliefs as hypotheses rather than facts and to test out such beliefs by running experiments. Furthermore, those in distress are encouraged to monitor and log thoughts that pop into their minds, called automatic thoughts in order to enable them to determine what patterns of biases in thinking may exist and to develop more adaptive alternatives to their thoughts. People who seek CBT can expect their therapist to be active, problem-focused, and goal-directed. Studies of CBT have demonstrated its usefulness for a wide variety of problems, including mood disorders, anxiety disorders, personality disorders, eating disorders, substance abuse disorders, and psychotic disorders. While a full description of the treatment and presenting problems for which it is useful is beyond the scope of this brief overview, a brief summary of several treatments will be presented. CBT has been shown to be as useful as antidepressant medication for individuals with depression and is superior in preventing relapse. Patients receiving CBT for depression are encouraged to schedule activities in order to increase the amount of pleasure they experience. In addition, depressed patients learn how to restructure negative thought patterns in order to interpret their environment in a less biased way. CBT for bipolar disorder is used as an adjunct to med medication treatment and focuses on psychoeducation about the disorder and understanding cues and triggers for relapse. Studies indicate that patients who receive CBT in addition to treatment with medication have better outcomes than patients who do not receive CBT as an adjunctive treatment. CBT is also a useful treatment for anxiety disorders. Patients who experience persistent panic attacks are encouraged to test out beliefs they have related to such attacks, such as specific fears related to bodily sensations, and to develop realistic responses to such beliefs. This treatment is very effective for those who experience such problems. Patients who experience obsessions and compulsions are guided to expose themselves to what they fear and beliefs surrounding their fears are identified and modified. The same is true for people with phobias, including phobias of animals or phobias of evaluation by others, termed social phobia. Those in treatment are exposed to what they fear and beliefs that have served to maintain such fears are targeted for modification. I'm going to stop reading the fact sheet there. There's a little more. You can read that online if you'd like. 
Uh, and I certainly encourage people to take a look at all the other fact sheets that are available on the NAMI Minnesota website, namimn.org. Uh, and we'll move into this conversation ahead with Danny. It was recorded on April 17th, 2020. Enjoy. Danny, thanks for joining us today. Can you start by telling our listeners a, a little background about yourself, uh, specifically how you got involved with NAMI and when that was and what you're doing now with NAMI? Sure. I perform a rap style of poetry called gift rap poetry, and I talk about mental illness and addiction awareness. And um, I've performed a couple times at the NAMI Walk um, in 2018 and 19 on the side where people pass, and I just perform. And um, I've also performed at some some support classes, um, family the family group yes uh, my wife led a couple of those and she invited me to to do a couple poems and tell my story of recovery and um, i also do inner own voice which is a program by nami where i give my story or testimony to different audiences and um, i'm in recovery from some mental illnesses including bipolar ocd depression and anxiety and um yeah that's kind of what i do right now Okay. Um, and then, so you mentioned family to family, and was that the, the family to family 12-week class that they had you in on one part? Yes. Okay, I cool. came in, um, yep, I came in twice, one each year. That's cool. Yeah, and I just wanted to to point out to listeners the distinction between NAMI has the family to family class, a 12-week class, and then there are also family support groups ongoing uh, that you don't need to register for. So there's two different things there. Um, and then in our own voice, that's awesome that you're doing that, getting out and sharing personal recovery stories. Uh, and then, so it, did you call it gift rap poetry? Gift rap poetry. Okay. R-A-P, drop the W-R-A-P. It's the name I came up with for it. So. Do you just use your own name or do you have any sort of stage name or... Um, my stage name is Dan Triple E. It goes along with my initials, and um, I'm releasing an album today on April 17th that talks about um, family, God, and recovery because um, my faith in God is very important in my mental illness recovery. So um, I kind of just—it's fast poetry, but there's no music to it. Um, but this is my third studio recorded album called Dad. Triple E, because we just had a kid, uh, my son, Isaac, back in August, and he's been an inspiration for me, and it's just awesome. So my oh, wife, cool. too, she's great. So. Can you tell me and listeners how you ended up trying CBT? Yeah, um, so the form I did was exposure therapy, and it was a, um, a therapist where I used to live in Texas, suburb of Dallas, um, and I got introduced to it in high school and early college. Um, I worked at Target at the time, and I was always afraid of um, straightening the aisles and stuff like that, and um, especially like aisles with glass, like the light bulb aisle, and because um, sometimes I'd find broken glass and I would be afraid of um, that I would hurt somebody if I didn't clean up the glass all the way or like I have obsessive compulsive disorder and I have intrusive thoughts that I cannot control of a violent and sexual nature 
And so, like, I always have thoughts that I'm trying to hurt people, even though it's not true. So, like, um, if I didn't... If I didn't clean up the glass residue, I thought I was like, or didn't get every little piece or whatever, I thought I was trying to hurt people. And then, like, um, my therapist challenged me just to face that anxiety just by going down that aisle and just cleaning it and straightening it out and just picking up broken glass. But what I would do was, um, if there were bigger pieces of glass, then I would request help for someone to look at the aisle to reassure me that everything looked okay and that there was not a quote-unquote safety hazard. And um, it worked somewhat, but my anxiety was so bad that I ended up leaving Target and going to another retail job that caused me just as much anxiety. And um, But being exposed to CBT would help me in the future and has helped me being a parent because... Um, these anxiety, this anxiety would transfer into almost every aspect of my life. And um, I had to get over struggles of using CBT as an adult with my current therapist. And I've used a different form in being a parent, and I can explain that too. Yeah, that would be great. So my wife and I got married in 2013, and at that time I did not want to have kids because of the anxiety that it caused me towards... Um, with my violent and sexual thoughts and nature, intrusive thoughts that I can't control, the thoughts I can't control, and I have them almost every day. But I do have them every day, every moment, almost every moment of every day, um, at least a handful of thoughts a minute, and it's really frustrating, but I'm dealing with it better. Um, but um, after a while, my wife and I decided we would have kids if that was to happen, if we were to get pregnant. And um, on New Year's Eve in 2018, we, we found out we were expecting um, Isaac in the summer of 19 last year. I was petrified but excited at the same time. Um, it was time that I dealt with these fears. And so my therapist and I decided I would do cognitive behavioral therapy. And um, I was willing to do it. And so he thought of the idea the therapist thought of the idea of changing a baby doll's diaper because I was very afraid of that. Um, this was to get me used to changing my son's diaper when he was born. So um, over the next weeks and months, I was changing a doll's diaper and I was very even afraid at first to do that. So we got exposed to that and um, it reduced the anxiety of the intrusive thoughts. So. When we got home from the hospital, I was extremely hesitant to change my son's diaper by myself. Um, so we started out where I would help my wife, Rachel, change his diaper. Then we would expose it more to where I would change it by myself with my wife watching. Finally, and now, I change the diaper with no one watching and not needing a lot of reassurance. Um, today... Um, my son is about eight months old, and the fear has been greatly reduced. I still have those thoughts, and there's still the fear, um, but I'm dealing with it. I'm, I'm raising my son. He's only eight months old, but I'm raising him, and I'm interacting with him. Where before I was so afraid to even be around kids, or especially a, a kid of my own. Um, and I went from a point of not wanting children because of this fear and anxiety that just, just 
trampled me to a point where I'm raising my son and I can do that and I can function and um, I attribute that to CBT. Maybe you mentioned this. How, how long was that process for you as far as feeling like this is this is effective, this is actually helping? Um, it was effective, I think, after a few weeks or months, a uh, few months, um, but uh, it it worked right away. It did. And the fact that I'm able to do this and change my son's diaper and raise him and help give him a bath and everything, I know that CBT worked. It, it took time, but the effects started right away. It gradually got easier, if that makes sense. Yeah. Do you think that there are any specific reasons why that form of therapy worked for you? I imagine all types of therapy could work for some people and could not work for other people. Like, is there anything, any reason why you think it was effective for you? Because I was willing to do the work. And when I was working at Target, I was not as healthy. I was not on the correct medications. And I didn't quite understand, like, my illness. Um, I thought that these thoughts were my fault. I was told that growing up. Um, that these thoughts were my fault and I was a bad person. And I think it really helped that as I got to understand my bipolar, especially OCD too, that causes me these thoughts, I realized that they're not my fault. So I'm able to separate that and really work on it, work on the CBT and make my life easier and more function, functional or functional. That's great. I'm going to kind of go back to COVID-19 and... The way a lot of people are struggling right now, um, and my my first question is: Do you find yourself struggling in a new or different way? Um, yeah, I'm kind of struggling right now with like um, being at home because um, I work at a treatment center and I'm I'm on call there, and um, I interact with guys who who deal with addiction, and I just don't want to be there right now because of the pandemic so I kind of took myself off the schedule I'm on call so I can do that and um, I've been at home looking for uh, a job where I'm not interacting with as many people for the last few weeks and it's just been really hard and um, I I can't get out much I'm I'm watching my son which is great but I'm not used to being home so much um, all day and then um, so it's kind of affecting my mental health and it's not been the best but i'm using coping mechanisms like getting out going for a walk when my wife gets home um, doing some exercises going for interviews going to the grocery store when i have to just writing poetry praying um stuff like that yeah so yeah and helping do you find yourself using specific cbt skills right now on your own i mean i mean not even necessarily when you're speaking with your therapist but just on your own yeah absolutely when i'm still um when i choose to um interact with my son and help with certain things i'm still doing the cbt exposing myself to that and still reducing that anxiety so yeah i still am doing that with him um and all sorts of things around the house that i used to be afraid of like cooking or putting away um, dishes, especially knives, because of the intrusive thoughts um, that I have. I just do it. And before, it would, I couldn't cook. I couldn't do the dishes. I couldn't do anything. So I'm still doing that. Yeah. 
So I'm curious if you are continuing therapy right now during the time where everyone's being asked to stay home for the most part. Are you having to, I know personally I've had to do some phone therapy sessions, which I are difficult for me. Uh, I'm just curious if you have a similar situation and what your thoughts are on how people are needing to conduct their therapy appointments. Sure. I actually saw my therapist this morning from nine to 10 Okay. and um, we meet in person, but we, you know, sit at least six feet apart and I'm meeting with him next week too. I have not done a phone or teletherapy with him yet. Um, he gives me the option of coming into the office and I take advantage of that so I can get out of the house and it's just really difficult for me if I were to do teletherapy. I, I don't know. I don't know. But um, the Zoom stuff is, is good, but it's really hard to um, not interact and be face-to-face -face with those people. So, or anybody, really. Yeah, you lose a lot of the, the body language, and there's a lot lost, I think, when it's just just on the phone. Um, right. And even if even if there's video, I th I think it's way different than being in person, obviously. Right. Um, so that's yeah, that's difficult. Danny, do you have any thoughts or advice for someone who's considering using CBT? I do. Um, it is so helpful. Without it, I would not be where I am today, able to take care of my son, do dishes, like I said, um, um, cook. I would not be functioning as well as I am right now without it. So if it's offered to you, I would just talk with your therapist about it and just see what he or she says and see what kind of tactics they can use to really reduce that anxiety and get over that fear. And I know it's hard. It's a lot of hard work, but it's worth it. Cool. And just realize that you're not alone in dealing with this. I've dealt with it. And a lot of other people use these tactics to help get through that anxiety and just help you function more in life. So... Great, great. Well, thanks for sharing your experiences. Do you have any sort of positive feelings about something you're taking away from the current challenges that we're going through with, with COVID-19? Have you had any any sort of moments of realizing something good despite all the challenges? Yes, um, absolutely. The shelter-in-place order, being at home, has forced me at least to really examine my priorities of my family and just realize how important they are to me because I'm able to spend more time with them and reaching out to people like never before. And I reach out to people anyway, but I'm making more calls, more texts, more Zoom calls. And um, I hope this goes on way past the pandemic when it's over and we continue to just not be so busy and just really reflect on what's going on and really check in with people and you don't have to be busy all the time. It's good to do self-care. got to do self-care and to slow down. And I'm realizing that. And I think that that's awesome. Cool. That's good. Yeah. Self-care is hard. It's easy to ignore or yeah. get distracted from. Uh, do you want to mention any sort of online presence website, anything where people can find your poetry? or? Sure. I have a poem or a, a, an album called Mic Drop. Give Mental Health a Good Rap. Drop the mic on Stigma. And you can find it on SoundCloud. 
just type in um, soundcloud.com and just search for Danny Evans Dan, or Dan Triple E, the word Dan space, the word triple space, and the letter E. So Dan Triple E and just search mic drop. Um, I'm also I'm also on um, face I'm also on Facebook at facebook.com slash Dan Triple E slash so uh so back to soundcloud dan triple e so dan space the word triple is that right yeah and then space and the letter e yep and okay. you can just go into google and go type in soundcloud and dan triple e and you can find my page there and um the album is called mic drop and today i'll be re- releasing an album called dad triple e so both of those are, will be on soundcloud dad triple so, e cool is there anything you were hoping to share i want people to know that they are never alone with their mental illness there's always hope there's always help there's resources like nami um and i can i tech, do you know what veil place is i do I'm a member of Vail Place, so it's the. Can I talk yeah, about it a little bit? Yeah, yeah. Share your experience there. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Um, Vail Place is a nonprofit mental health clubhouse. It helps people with mental illness find jobs, housing, and education resources. And they have something called the Work Order Day, where people can go with mental illness who are members, um, volunteer, and um, do things like cooking, cleaning. Um, data entry, all sorts of things to interact with people with mental illness of the community who are who have mental illness in the community, and just become a productive member of society because that's what we are. Despite this label, you know, we have a diagnosis, but we are not our label. There's a big difference, and Vail Place help and Nami both help um, rid that stigma of mental illness and the discrimination that is associated with it. And uh, my albums always have the Veil Place link on it to donate to their website at veilplace.org because I'm just very big on how that's helped me in my recovery. I've been a member there for three years this month. Oh, cool. So, well, thanks for sharing that. Thank you. Well, thanks, Danny, for having this conversation today. Thanks, Brian. For more information about this episode, including links to the fact sheets that were mentioned at the beginning, check out the show notes and visit NAMI Minnesota online at namimn.org. You've been listening to Mental Health in Minnesota, produced by NAMI Minnesota.